Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode eight of the Audio Files podcast. I am your host, Quinn. With me, as always, is my number one co-chairman of the pit, Griffin Holt. Oh, you goddamn right. <laughs> a, title he, a title he has fought mercilessly for. I'm, I'm standing at the edge of the pit, rubbing my belly, eating Fritos. <laughs> but I'm still, I'm uh, still, you know, champion. That's true. That is true. Uh, for anyone unfamiliar joining us for the first time, uh, this is a podcast where me and Griffin essentially just talk about all the music that we love, and that includes uh, albums that are being released in the moment. Uh, it includes things that we like from our past, and everything in between. So strap in and get ready if you're new, and if you're returning, then welcome back, and we appreciate all that you do. Um, today's episode is going to be uh, looking at another new album that came out this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about Knocked Loose, uh, A Different Shade of Blue is the name of the album, and oh, shit, this is the one... About? <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, Griffin is finding out now as we record. <laughs> Who is it? Uh, so I have been excited about this one, obviously. This is, uh, as we've said a million times, August is a really big month, but Knocked Loose is the one that I was most excited for. Uh, so we're getting to sink our teeth into this one, and I'm really excited. Um, I have some things to say, and obviously this, uh, this album has been blowing up everywhere, so I am very excited for us to get our take in on it. Um, but before we do that... Let's go ahead and start off, as we always do on this show, with what we've been listening to this week. And uh, Griff, I'm going to let you start, because I'm going to—I've got something planned for you, but I'm going to let you go first. Is that a trap? <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed a trap. I'm out of here. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got two. Um, let me start with the one that you probably have no knowledge of. Um, well, I, I, I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. I'm ready. Um, another new album came out this month. Um, I'm not sure if you're a Bon Iver fan, but I definitely am. Um, I am not so much a fan as I am aware of. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong answer. <laughs> Wrong answer. <laughs> uh, he put out, uh, or kind of a surprise, his album was supposed to come out at the end of the month, but he released the di- digitally early uh, to everyone's surprise, August 9th. So same, same day as Slipknot, so um, obviously we didn't prioritize that but uh new album is called i comma i i'm pretty sure that's how it's supposed to be said um but it's a great album so i will i'll lead with that i okay I really i really enjoy it um i'm a really big bony Vare fan for those who don't know it's b-o-n space i-v-e-r um it started out as one guy kind of a folk project you know recording an album by himself years ago uh, what was that first album called? For Emma Forever Ago. Mm-hmm. Um, then he released Self-Titled in 2011. Uh, that's how I really got into him. Um, that was more... Still folk, but brought way more instrumentation into it. Jazz, synth. Um, I mean, just all kinds of shit that shouldn't be there is there. And then he did 22 A Million a few years ago, and now he's back with I, I. And he's progressed over the years, and I, I've always been a huge fan of this guy. I mean, he's he's got a band now. If you ever heard of his drummers, actually uh, S. Carey. If you've ever heard of that guy, mm-hmm. um, he's kind of a folksy guy too. But um, this one leans a little bit more towards his electronic style stuff. So he's kind of got more into that, and just this, how expansive the sounds get. Just all all these noises should not go together, and should not be as emotional or as. Um, 
as well thought out as they are. So I, I really respect him as an artist because he, I mean, he just makes crazy sounding songs that just are still so emotional. Um, they're all, they're all weird. They all have their own little hook to them. Like they're all different. Um, he's definitely leaned a little more electronic over the years, but it's still there. He's got definitely got some hip hop vibes to some, some stuff. There's not rapping or anything, but just kind of the instrumentation of it. Um, but I've always been a huge fan of this dude and, uh, I'll fight anybody in the pit right now. If you don't tell me (laughs) Perth, the first track on Boney Bear, the self-titled one is not one of the greatest songs ever written. I mean, as much as I like everything he's done, like the self-titled is just from start to finish perfect album. Uh, I mean, fucking, if you never listen to Perth, it's, it's a folk song. That's basically, I think he even describes it as like a folk death metal song. It's got double bass in it. Um, it's, that's pretty it, badass, honestly, but it's one of the, emo- one of the most emotional songs I've heard. Like it, it is a perfection of a song. I can't I, I, like fight me to it. Like find a better <laughs> song. I, I fucking dare you. Like it's just perfect. The riff in it, like the words, I mean, what it's about just, it is such a good song. And then like, this, the next tracks that just how everything everything in that album flows right into the next track and it's just it's such an experience and it that out the uh, Boney Bear album ends with this kind of synthy 80 song called Beth slash uh, rest and I, it's always been a great album I, if I don't know if you ever paid attention in my home Quinn that I you know I have a poster of this album art because, I, uh, I I yes I have seen it and that is what I always associate this album cover with it's if, if anything, if you're going to get into, I think this is a great entry album just because it's not, it, it has all the, as a musician, all the peaks and valleys that you need and the emo stuff that you need to hear. Um, I think it's better to get into that before you jump into his other ones. But even then, I mean, try whatever, listen to everything. What I love about it is he's, he doesn't self-indulge. Like all the songs are short. You know, most of them are three, two ish minutes. I mean, every album is like under 40 minutes and they've all got like 10 to 13 songs. So it's, he doesn't go for too long. He, he gets an idea, puts it in there and you know, he's in, he's out. And so it's it, usually a lot of the songs leave you wanting more. And it's like, I always appreciate that. It's like, oh, okay, you didn't overdo it. Um, so I really recommend it. If you like any of the kind of folksy, more eclectic stuff, um, something to really make you think. Cause I mean, some, I bet his vocal style is not everybody's cup of tea cause it's very falsetto. Um, but man, is it good. And just a good chill, you know, artist to listen to and i really want to see him live but he's gotten to the point where he's you know playing you know shot and scene center in in Colum- or in columbus so you know he's basically playing arenas at this point so tickets are not cheap um but even if you look up on youtube he's got some great live videos and he just does he's able to tour with all these crazy instruments and sounds because of the level he's at now so it's it's really cool to see him pull that stuff off live but um i really like it i may be alone in that but it's it's very good well, I mean, I, I I know a lot of people that are big Bonnie Vera fans, and also his Spotify numbers should uh, lead you to believe that he is, in fact, loved by many. Uh, and to be honest, the, I think the only reason that I've never gotten into Bonnie Vera is that um, the the first exposure I had was that single off the first album, the one that's like the big one, uh, Skinny Love, that... Yeah, everyone has heard it's yeah. played in a million different stores and uh that's no no criticism to him because i mean i don't think it's necessarily a bad song but i heard it everywhere no, but, and i didn't care about it at the time no you're right and i didn't either because uh, i knew about him before i just didn't get into it till the like it, it was just another another artsy fartsy you know folk guy to me yeah and so i didn't appreciate it till i heard his other stuff because for, for Emma forever go well a good album it's not one I go back to I, I start with the self-titled one that came out after because it's just 
the door just blows wide fucking open with that. <laughs> See, it's it's completely different. I mean, he it was even look at like reviews on it, just like holy shit, what is this? Like it it's it's a great step forward, but it's like nineteen steps forward. Like it's yeah. totally different. Uh, and like I said, the first track is double bass in it, like, and it's a folk song, like that's badass. You know, it's it's he does it in other songs too, but it's just it's the instrumentation. Like I think it's as a musician, you owe it to yourself to hear how he's putting these sounds together, because it's it's incredible. I mean, you know, it gives me more of a respect for people who do samples and everything else because I've always been interested in that realm. But it's just it's never I, the music that's created with that is never something I really care about. But he does some really cool shit with you know some samples and taking instruments that don't belong together, you know, double bass with banjo. It's like, what? Like, stop it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bold move, but if he yeah. can pull it off, then that's, that's really fucking sick. Yeah. I, th- I think you'd like it if you, if you really went into it with an open mind, but there, yeah. every, every album's different. So you can't, you can't listen to one and say, you know, Oh, I get what he's about because he's going to change it every, every album cycle. So, um, it's really interesting. And I have another, uh, kind of, um, reason to kind of be attached to him, especially that first album, first, first full length, like that was when, and back in 2011 was when I first started really get into collecting vinyl. Um, so like that was one of the first records I bought to like, all right, I really love this album. I want to hear it on vinyl and like kind of got into that. All right, I'm going to get a good setup and kind of hear this for what it is. So like that was one of the big things that pushed me towards um, collecting vinyl. Now I'm up to, you know, 600 plus records. So it's, you know, it started from there though. It has and grown substantially. It, it, a little bit, a little bit. Um, so anyway, um, that is one. The other one well, I won't be able to. I'm actually going to interrupt really quick and say that this is a good time to plug the fact that uh, if you are also interested in listening to Bonnie Bear, much like I will be doing uh, this upcoming week, uh, I will be adding some select songs to our playlist on Spotify, which you can find by searching the Audio Files playlist on Spotify. Um, You can follow it on there, and it pretty much is an up-to-date log of uh, little samples of all the music that we're talking about. I'm not putting full albums on there or anything, but it's great for you to just go in and press shuffle, um, and you can sort of have a whole curated selection of all the stuff we talk about. And uh, I will say I've heard a couple people that are avidly listening to it that uh, as soon as you throw it on shuffle, you realize how varied uh, the music that we're talking about is because I feel like, you know, a face value... Yeah, exactly. And at face value, it may seem that we talk about a lot of metal or heavier music or whatever. But uh, yeah, this playlist has got everything on there. Um, Even some of the stuff that we might mention in passing, if I think it's worth putting on there, I will put it on there. So again, follow it on Spotify. Um, You can also find a link in our Instagram uh, bio for the playlist. It'll take you straight to it and you can follow it on there. So just wanted to take a chance to plug that before I forgot. Wow. What a dick. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so hit me with what else you you got uh the other one will be much shorter because i just found out about this band uh but have you heard of a band called joy uh i am familiar with the name but i am not familiar with the music um so if i can rips bro <laughs> <laughs> okay i found out because uh oh shit i just drew a blank what is uh it totally, so if you like any metal stuff, uh, they make some awesome fucking merch. Um, my coffee mug at work is uh, basically like a Crypt Keeper dude, and it says um, <laughs> black coffee, black t-shirts, black metal. And that's basically my attire on the days I can dress casually uh, at work, so it was a perfect coffee mug for me. But HolyMountainPrinting.com, they have a great Instagram account. Anyway, they, they work with a lot of uh, you know indie kind of metal thrash doom crusty whatever whatever styles genres you want to call those 
uh, bands and um, they posted about this band joy, like I think either Sunday or Monday and the album art looked fucking sick. Uh, so I was like, well, I can check this out. And I was not disappointed. Um, so they had an album that came out last year called no light below full length. And the reason uh, Holy mountain was talking about it is because they're pressing the vinyl first press of it. So um, they also have an EP from a, few, a couple years ago or three years ago now called of nothing, but I haven't listened to that yet, but the full length I can fully support. Um, it is basically, well, I'll read their bio cause it basically describes it. And they employ a punishing blend of black and hardcore and neck snapping thrash metal. Um, Sick. So get on board. <laughs> yeah. that You've sold me. It is. I mean, it's very full of hell cult leader. It's not like as chaotic as that. It's more, it's, it's slower than that. Or, you know, probably more, um, a little more chariot Norma Jean style. Like there, I don't want to say that that's what they sound like, but probably if those bands tried to do cult leader or full of hell. Okay. You know? I can so get behind not, that. It doesn't, it doesn't lean into like the chaos, the, more of the complex natures of those bands. I should say it's a little more stripped down, but it's good. Um, and I definitely recommend it. I've only spun it a couple times, uh, but it's recorded. Well, hits hard album art rips. Uh, I love the name. I love the name of the album. <laughs> So. Yeah, that's. I'm looking at the uh, the album art right now, and it is yeah. fucking awesome. It reminds yeah. me of like scary stories to tell in the dark. Exactly. Oh, which by the way, I saw that movie. Uh, don't see it. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks uh, for that. Side one. note: uh, the way they brought those stories to life was really cool. The story itself around it was crap. Uh, okay, so that's fine. Catch it. Catch it on you know when it's somewhere free. Don't, I'll watch it on it. Halloween. Yeah, don't waste it in your time, your money or time in the theater. Um, but it definitely does look like that. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, it's it's an easy easy record to listen to. They're all you know quick songs, and it ends on an acoustic song that sounds very much like a uh, a early Marilyn Manson song, like a like acoustic stuff he used to do. So it's definitely a, kind of a weird song to end on, but it's a great song. That's rad. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's. It's probably not a band that's like going to go and do big things. I hate to say that, or they're, they're not going to be one that I'm going to keep coming back to, like as like, oh, this is the band. But um, it's definitely good filler, so I can say it's worth listening to. I yeah, mean, it's got fun moments on it. I think maybe the more the more I listen to it, I feel like it's gonna, one I'm going to keep enjoying. But like you know, it's not like the bands I mentioned. It's not cult leaders, not full of hell, you know. So they're yeah, but you know they could do big things. They're young and they've got plenty of uh plenty of opportuni- opportunities to make something incredible. But this is a good entry for me. Like I'm. I got my eye on them. So yeah. Uh, joy. Well, you'll have to search joy. No light below is probably the only way to find them. So, and, or you can alternatively use our playlist to go to their you can artist use our page. playlist. Um, I don't know why you even didn't say that. I mean, what an idiot, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to plug it until we have more followers on Spotify than we have anywhere else. Perfect. More people on the playlist than people who actually listen to the, Hey, podcast. you know what? <laughs> our music's getting out there one way or another. Um, so those are two very different artists, but I highly recommend both at least checking out. Um, and I will fight you on all of it. So that's fine. I, I'm going to listen. I'm, I'm going to take a plunge and I'm going to listen to Bonnie Vare this week. Uh, cause it's just, it's just never start with that one album. I think I'm going to, I, I think that it, it has enough for me to, yeah, I think it has enough for me to jump into. Yeah. They're, they're not long. I mean, put it on in the background to see what catches you. But for me, it's like, there's moments that are just like, Ooh, Oh, baby, <laughs> say it again. And his lyrics and his are just so fucking vague and weird. And I mean, you go to read them, and like, 
I, I just there's always there's some there's a lot of mystery behind it and the whole presentation. So it's just like it's very intriguing. And as an artist, I'm just like, okay, I'm I'm here for it. So yeah, check well, it. Well, uh, that's all right, fine. I don't. So m- mine's gonna be uh, a little off the cuff, and I I considered uh, it wasn't something boring. I, <laughs> it wasn't something I planned. It was something that. Uh, sort of came to me by faith this week and i was like well do i want to save this for another episode but i'm not going to i'm just going to get it all out there now um so i had a co-worker that uh me and him often put on music from our past or really funny weird songs just to show each other and get a laugh out of and we got on the topic of like old early 2000s like mainstream emo music and he started singing a song that he couldn't remember what it was and we deduced that he was singing uh armor for sleep and oh come on i could i could have told you that in four seconds well it, it, i <laughs> at first he was getting the lyrics i think a little twisted but we we made it we got there was a car car underwater it was absolutely car underwater yeah that's uh, everybody knows <laughs> well and so but we he put it on and he was kind of laughing and uh, he was like, you know, like, this is very, this reminds me of being 12 years old on MySpace, but also this song kind of slaps. And secretly, I was like, okay, I'm going to go back and listen to this album because I haven't listened to it in like probably, you know, eight to 10 years. Um, and, you know, l- let me say, I've said it before on here, but if you make a concept album, I'm probably going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take much for daddy. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that'll at least get your foot in the door. Uh, but you know, and so partly because there's like the DVD, uh, that they have and you, you own it. What's the title of it? Because it's not the exact same as the album. Uh, comprehensive guide to touring. Um, yes. Yeah. It's, it's got similar art to it. And I have the poster that goes with this, the, what I assume you're talking about the second album. But yeah. So I am, I am talking about what yeah. to do when you're dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The poster I have that has like all like the instructions on what to do when you dead and, or what to do when you die. Uh, so they, there's a lot of a lot of story behind that, but yeah, the the comprehensive guide to touring is probably one of my favorite music DVDs, just because it is, the title sums it up very well and it is a very accurate description of what it's like to be a band in 2005, uh, a young indie band and touring, and it's just it's it's a uh, it's fun, it's depressing, it's <laughs> it's insightful. So um, if you can pick that up on Amazon, I highly recommend it. Yeah, and and so it's always you know from that DVD alone, and also just like knowing it was a concept album and, and the art that always accompanied it and stuff. I was always yeah. uh, sort of tangentially into it. Um, but I had, like I said, I haven't listened to it in so long. I've forgotten probably half of the record at this point. So I went back and listened to it and I started having uh, probably like overly intellectual thoughts about it. And this is what happens anytime I listen to a concept album. And, and this is why they get me is because I feel like when I know there's a story involved and there's a starting point and an ending point that I'm that much more invested in whatever the artist is doing. And so I think that what I was thinking as I listened to this album is that everyone knows Car Underwater. That's that's the big yeah. one. That's like, I mean, and it, when you listen to it as its own song, I mean, it sounds almost like this sickly sweet, like Hawthorne Heights type shit. It's very, it's very exactly what you'd think, like talking about killing yourself, like emo music from the early 2000s. Um, But if you listen to the whole album and then you just like follow along the story, and this is going to sound really pretentious, but I mean it, that I feel like in so many ways, it's almost like, it's almost like a... 
a meta version of or it's like a it's a meta take on the entire emo scene because it's it starts off with where all of these other emo songs uh were sort of going towards which is talking about killing yourself and like being sad over a girl and that's where this album starts it starts you with like okay you killed yourself and then it's this entire 11 song journey of what happens after you kill yourself and like what to do when you're dead and it's it's a very simple concept but it's so satisfying to listen to it as um looking at almost this reflection of like if all of these emo kids had done the things that they sang about like how it's not actually a happy story it's a very Uh, like it's a very depressing you don't know (laughs) it's but it it is it's a very uh you know it, it doesn't it doesn't end well or anything and it's not like justifying what happened um and it it also sort of starts to as most good concept albums do and especially in this genre it starts to kind of unravel as it goes along um into songs that are a lot heavier a lot more experimental um and i don't know it just it it hit me in a really good way listening to it again and while it is definitely not the best example of emo music from this time like mainstream emo music even and it's also not the best uh example of a concept album from bands like this and there are a few others that i am very very attached to but it's it's very interesting to go back and listen to um all these years later i mean it came out in 2005 listening to it when you're not in the thick of like emo madness or this kind of shit being on mtv and uh if you don't look at what the dudes looked like while they were recording this album because (laughs) oh boy it weren't weren't great uh but yeah I think that uh, Ben Jorgensen, as I think his last name, um, he's he's very talented, I think, and he clearly had a lot of uh, foresight of this album. And um, I also think that it's it's to his credit that all of the songs, for the most part, if you were to hear them as singles, they would sound like run-of-the-mill emo songs from 2005. But once again, you put them in context of a story and of the album, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my god, this actually has some legs to it. And it's not just some shitty, uh, you know, 30 Seconds to Mars, Hawthorne Heights bullshit. Um, but it's a good album, man. I mean, it's not like an all-timer, but uh, it is, it's worth going back to and, and listening to with fresh ears, I think. Yeah, no, I've, I've listened to it uh, fairly recently. Um, I don't... I need to go back and listen to it again because uh, I don't remember feeling that way, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I don't I got into the band that would dream to make believe the first album. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember like, oh, okay, this is, it was just one of those, like another band. It wasn't the top tier for me. I do remember really liking what to do when you're dead, but I feel like I was still recently. And like, it just, some of the whiny and shit in there, like it was kind of grating to me. Like it didn't hold up, but he sounds you know. like vocally. He sounds like a, uh, to me, he sounds like a slightly worse version of Bert from the used. Um, sometimes yeah i could i can hear that and uh, the vocals are are, i will agree there you have to get past a little bit um and put yourself sort of like firmly in that that sort of like mindset and ethos of music from this time but oh yeah it was even worse on the first album but they they had some good riffs and some good songs so i I never i never wrote them off because i know those albums are good it's just i I just remember i went back and i was like well maybe this is not (laughs) 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 but no i definitely want to listen to it again because i've it is nostalgia for me. I, I always like the song of the truth about heaven. Anyway, I, the car under water was a good song, but that was like, not the one. That, yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's that. very much the, like I said, it's very yeah. much like the catalyst for the album. And it's, and it's obviously the one that they knew was going to be like the most, uh, the most popular at the time. Um, 
But like even like, you know, a quick little flight is like a short little electronic song that's like it just get the whole thing gives very vivid imagery if you're also familiar with like the album art and uh like all of the artwork that went along with it. Cause he he was very invested in this idea, I think. Um, when he was writing it and so it, it's also i was reading after the fact it's apparently based heavily off of like concepts from one of his favorite books um so anyway it, it's once again don't expect it to didn't. reinvent the wheel but no and i i probably need to go back and listen to it with the thought of the concept album because i i don't think i ever really listened to it in that con that context because uh, i think it's now that i'm thinking about it like i think vocally it's like i always felt he could push himself a little more and he didn't correct like i agree with that he, he's he's very one note a lot of the time um but musically i always really enjoyed it mm-hmm. uh, so you're right it's not it's not bad uh it's not the greatest either but it is something i would recommend i, I have a coworker who loved armor for sleep and i've gone by his desk and he's listening to it this album actually and i'm like fam yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not mad about that it's uh yeah it, it's like i said it's worth going back to and especially just from the lens of like okay this is this is a story i'm gonna follow it to the end and see what happens yeah. and it's uh it's pretty satisfying for what it is and um but the, a, a lot of the the point of bringing this up is that um, you know, like I said, I just love concept albums and I, it's no, one of these it's days, no boys not out train wreck. I mean, it's delicious. <laughs> that came out the same year as this dog. I know. That's why I'm saying like, it definitely got overshot. Like it was like, Oh, I, cute. But, um, let's get to the, <laughs> yeah. Well, and actually now that I say that this might've also been the same year as good Apollo and burning star four. I think was that, I thought I think, that was 2004. Was that five? I think it was five. Let's do a quick, uh, Ooh. A good check. Um, there we go. I think it's 2005, though. You're right. I thought right. it was 2004. Yeah. So 2005 had... Uh, so it's definitely good Apollo at the top, then Trainwreck, and then <laughs> what to do when you're dead. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's if we're putting Only it... for me. If we're putting it compared to those things, we can't uh, we, we can't really compare as, it. I'm saying as a, as a concept. I, yes. I, musically, we, we, can, we can debate the music of Coheed well, also, on that album. Well, also, it should be said, and, and maybe I should keep this one in the holster for another day, but... Uh, Probably, but... I'm going to go ahead and just say off the top of my head, though, that for anyone who doesn't know, Trainwreck by Boys Night Out is my favorite album of all time. Like, any band, any genre, anything, Trainwreck is my number one. So What a crap album. <laughs> so this has got some, this has got some, uh, some competition. But the, anyway, I've, concept albums are great for me, and I do think that one day uh, I want to do an episode on here where we're literally just talking about our favorite concept albums. Obviously, we mentioned two great ones, but there is a trillion uh, out there, and... Um, you know, I think right, that so that's start at the top. Fucking so, track two, dreaming. Let's just break. Go yeah. Right oh god. <laughs> Seriously, that's. I mean, give me a reason to make a train wreck episode. I will <laughs> fucking do it in a heartbeat. Um, but yeah, so armor for sleep. What to do when you're dead? I threw a couple songs in the playlist, but that being said, I'm not recommending anyone listen to the songs necessarily out of order. Just go back through, give the album a listen to once, and uh, you know, make make your own opinions on it. Uh, and then that also, while I was listening to that, this is much more minor. Um, but after I had listened to it, it was like Spotify was trying to get me to listen to a bunch of other shit in the genre. Uh, and it, it recommended, uh, Monine and I haven't listened to Monine in so long. Uh, don't ever tell Locke what to do. That's I mean, <laughs> right. 
That's the best song title. Uh, come on, what the fuck? Uh, but yeah, red, uh, red tree. I, I like uh, I like the I one before it as well. Are we really happy with know, who we are right now? But yeah, it's, it's nowhere red near tree. red tree. It, it's red tree. <laughs> <laughs> are you? Were That's you a big Monine fan? Because I mean, obviously you liked it, but I don't oh, know. Yeah. I never knew if you were super into them. Oh yeah, just be because uh, them and uh, Alexis on Fire were like best friends, so mm. you couldn't like not hear the two of them together, but. I never got into the last album. Um, in fact, I couldn't even tell you what it sounded like. But, I, I couldn't either. Uh, I, I re- to be honest, when I went on there and was listening to all this stuff, I was like, oh my God, they released an album in 2009? Had no idea that they even released no, one. It, it was all about Red Tree. Yeah. Red Tree is, that's a fire album. I got that. And that's a great uh, vinyl packaging too. Oh, really? Uh, that one. Oh yeah. I, I, that's a, that was a great buy. Yeah. I, I well, I, man, that's, that's like a classic jam and uh, you know, it's. Oh yeah. I, I kind of forgot really how it, I don't know. I feel like there were a lot of bands that drew influence on it uh, more recently in like the indie and emo and like DIY genres that I didn't really, I don't know. I don't think I've given it enough credit, but that's a, that's a good ass album. Every time I think of Monine, I always in my head think of at the same time, which I guess they kind of sound the same uh, as Edison Glass. Mm. Yeah, totally. I think that Monine is just the, I think, I feel like it's a, a little more chaotic, yeah. uh, but Edison Glass, also a slapper. That is a good slapper. <laughs> that is, talk about a band that was gone too soon. Should have fucking been on oh, top yeah. of the world. I only saw them once, yeah. That that was a bummer. Uh, well, so we, we've wrapped up what we've been listening to, and before we actually jump into uh, the Knocked Loose album, one thing that I want to say uh, that I was going to ask you about anyways is that how bummed are you that we're missing uh, the Saturday section of Tid the Season where it's going to be Glassjaw playing and See You Space Cowboy with Every Time I Die? Did they release the Who's Playing What Day and all this stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Glassjaw. Oh, yeah, it was on the, it was on the poster. Yeah, Glassjaw's playing Saturday, and like I said, so is See You Space Cowboy. And there's a bunch of other bands that are also good too, but uh, See You Space Cowboy is fucking hilariously something. Uh Oh yeah, I was supposed to play a show with them. Yeah, and, well, that was how I've ever. That was the first time I ever found out about yeah. them was when you guys were supposed to play a show with them, and now they're actually like blowing up. And uh, oh, yeah. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really excited for that. Except I obviously can't go. I mean, it's in fucking New York, and it's in the middle of the holiday uh, season. Well, our buddy Bri is trying to. He said him and some friends are apparently going, or he's trying to get a road trip going, or. <sighs> Dude. I he mean, wants to go. <laughs> I, I don't blame him. It's like that that entire concept is so fun. I mean, we we've gushed about every time I die, just about every yeah. way we could. But also, like, what a fun fucking thing! They just put on like oh, a yeah. two day festival, wrestling, music, and I don't know if I'm going to be in Buffalo in December though. I do not at all. <laughs> I've watched their DVD. Yeah, Thank you. <laughs> but it is funny to think like how big of a thing that's turned into whenever you go back right. and watch shit happens and it's literally them just like playing with some shitty wreaths wrapped around their necks yeah. like in a <laughs> dive bar yeah i mean it's they don't make it look good joe i mean it's, it's, it's bad uh yeah but I, I wanted to mention that that is not only a great i mean there's great bands like i said both days but uh you put glass draw on every time i die on a bill together pretty much anywhere and i'm going to jump all over that Oh yeah, I'm definitely int- intrigued and interested in going, but I just don't know how realistic it'll be for me. Yeah, I mean it's. I, I'm pretty sure it's already sold out anyway. So, 
Oh, is it okay? Yeah, you know, you just you can't win them all, but you do what you can. I also am going to add some uh, CU Space Cowboy to the playlist because why the fuck not? They're just so sassy. I mean, <laughs> it's all, also the one song title. I am a transcontinental railroad. Please run a train on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, goodness. Uh, anyway, okay, so moving on into the, the meat and potatoes of the entire episode. Uh, and I know that this is one where uh, we probably won't be able to get quite as in-depth as something like Slipknot or uh, next week is going to be Tool, and obviously that's going to have a lot more to it. Um, and I, uh, you're, acting, you're acting like I'm going to be able to dissect that that quickly. I mean, Well, that's true. Know. Yeah, t- seriously, Tool is going to take us some time. we got to let our brains expand and do all of that. Uh, but, that's, but regardless, uh, this is one that I obviously have been excited about, but um, after listening to it, I felt like it was... spoiler alert i think it's fucking good and uh i thought it was too good to not talk about on here um but the album as i said in the beginning a different shade of blue is the second album by kentucky band knocked loose and i would have to assume that pretty much all of our listeners are at least aware of knocked loose but if you for some reason are not listening to them like i don't i cannot i can't help you (laughs) <laughs> just go listen to him. <laughs> I could do nothing for you. I've, I've done. Uh, yeah, stop it. Get some help. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's so. I guess just giving the the most brief overview. Um, Knocked loose is just like the heaviest hardcore metalcore fucking ass beating music, um, and both albums laugh tracks is the debut album when it came out in 2016 i mean it was on so many people's uh best of the year lists i mean it was on mine as well it's it was such a good album and um really came out of baby yeah exactly like i mean that's and that's the thing is that a lot of it sort of blew up because the the vocalist did uh he barked like actually barked like a dog (laughs) and it's but it's also like the coolest thing ever and they often end their sets with that breakdown. I was going to say, they always, it's a Counting Worms. Yeah, Counting Worms is yeah. the name of the song. Yeah. Um, and so Laugh Tracks was really, really good. It took me by complete surprise when it came out um, that I loved it as much as it did. But uh, it took them quite a long time comparatively to a lot of other bands like this to actually release a follow-up because th- this came out in 2016 and uh i think it was mid 2016 even and and now we're talking um you know the end of 2019 almost they released this one so for uh, a metalcore a hardcore band to actually take three years to to make an album is i think already like breaking the norm um and i think that was very much because they i mean they were riding the high of what that first album did for them um but i also think that they were very careful to figure out how they wanted to follow that up because obviously w- with any band or musician or you know any media really when you have such a powerful debut obviously your fear is that you can only go down from there uh but i think that they just i mean knocked it out of the park and produced a superior album um as good as the first one is this is i think uh, just so so good uh but i am before i go off on anything specific uh i am curious what you thought about it being someone who's not quite as uh dedicated or into them maybe as i might be so who is not loose yeah <laughs> you just, let's let's start this whole thing over who are we talking let's, about let's uh let's, let's backtrack yeah. who is this? 
Uh, first question is, what is the album art to this album? Because I still can't figure it out. Uh, so that, yeah, that is a little um, weird. I would have to hold a physical copy because it looks heavy and it looks depressing, uh, but I also don't know is what it, like it is with broke, like broken windows and like somebody in a doorway like I, I can't really tell what they're trying to get across with this it, it does kind of uh evoke uh opposite of december vibes when i look at it but it's just it's just like the blue and illegibility of yeah. all of it i don't i don't dislike it i just like every time i open it up i'm like so what is this yeah no i i agree <laughs> i that's why i actually want to hold a physical copy of it so that i can yeah. see it's definitely a different shade of blue <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here all week. Um, so it's complete trash. Um, <laughs> so it's the <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> it's all crap, and uh, I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, so this is definitely a band that I knew of, and you had shown me probably back in 2016, and you know I knew them as the band that barks. Um, so I heard, I've listened to laugh tracks in the past and I didn't dislike it, but it didn't really grab me. It was just kind of like, okay, like I get like, see I, what I got from it was if I saw this live, it'd be really sweet. Yeah. You know, like it felt like a live, it felt like a live band on an album and it didn't, it didn't seem like at the time it didn't seem like anything that like was that too revolutionary, you know, nothing to, it didn't pull me away from what I was already listening to. And it, the truth that's true of most heavy music now, because I grew up, with metal and everything else. And so it's not really the genre I, you know, seek out. Yeah. Um, I'm not really seeking out heavy bands because it's all kind of rinse repeat. And you made a good point. I mean, for a band to take their time to make an album, um, is rare, especially in this genre. Um, and to me, I think it shows because I listened to them both, uh, several times since this has come out last week. And I think the new one fucking rips, uh, compared to the other one. It just seems, seems more thought out. It seems it's definitely to me, it's easier to listen to. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, it's the songwriting's a little better. It's it's even even though it's recorded with the same guy, it's recorded better. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just it's it's better songwriting to me, um, and that's kind of hard to say or weird to say in this genre. But I mean, from the first notes, I mean, it's just like, all right, let's fucking pit. Like, let's just fucking like if we're gonna do it. Yeah. Let me get some fucking knives, and we're just gonna go at it. Like, I mean, it's heavy. <laughs> it is. It is unrelentingly heavy. I think the lyrics are better. Yeah. On this one, uh, like I, um, I like he changes. He didn't like on the first laugh tracks, the vocals, like he did a lot of talking and then going into screaming, which is fine. I usually like that. But compared to this one, like, I don't know, like his, his vocals, like I got the, the vibe. Like, yeah. I, like it came, it all seemed very genuine. And I love the low vocals by the guitar player. It's like, so the sick. They, they're so good. And like the way they complement each other is so good. Um, so I really, really enjoyed that. Um, I mean, you probably saw my post, but the one with Keith Buckley, like, let's just fucking put an award on that. God like, damn. That's so <laughs> it's, good. It's such a quick song, but like, I love the lyrics. I love Keith's lyrics in that song. I don't know if he wrote them or if the, uh, it, it had to be written by him, I think. Cause it seems it so just, Keith Buckley to me. I just like, if it like, all right, hear that and go write the new, every time I die, like make it sound like this. Like, yeah, it sounds, I don't know if that was the point because they're obviously friends with every time I die, they've toured with them. So I don't know if they're like, Oh, this sounds very, you know, ETID. Like let's go, let's get him on the track. Yeah. Know? Cause it, it was a smart move is the point. Like it was, it fit. It was good to have him on there. I, when I first heard it, when I got to that song, it's track eight. I didn't even know he was on the record. I just heard it and I'm like, Holy fuck. Is that Keith? Yeah. <laughs> and so I went back and I like looked it up. I'm like, Oh, that is fucking Keith. And I'm like, damn, this rips. Um, that, I don't think that's the best song to be honest, but it's definitely my, one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Uh, but every time I've listened to it, um, I find something new I like about it. But 
um God, what was the post? Did you see the bass player from Every Time I Die was like doing some doing some work in his house? I didn't see it. Do you fo- do you follow the bass player? I do, but I didn't see it. Uh, whatever he posted, oh, he, about he, it. Po- he was like digging in his wall with like a spoon, like into the drywall, and he was in the the <laughs> audio for it was in in the walls by <laughs> Knock Loose. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think I knew from the first time I, I heard like the single way back when early in the year when they put the video out for mistakes like fractures like I just knew then like okay this is they're doing something I, I hate to say different because it's not that much different than live tracks but it's, just, it's definitely evolved like it it's, is it's, it sounds it just sounds better like I it, I'm sure people will disagree with me that you know maybe live tracks was very similar but I, I I just it seems like a natural progression like this this is what it took for me to at least pay attention um, and go oh they're they're for real and I did watch a video. Um, in fact, what was it? It was a video of them in the studio. Oh writing. yeah, that I think I want to say that. Did pure you send no- that to me? Or I don't think I did, but I, I believe Pure Noise or uh, not? Yeah, Pure Noise. I think put it out. Um, but it was okay. like, was it the one of them where uh, Will Putney like was in like the jam room? Yeah, and Will yeah. Putney was talking in between it, and so was Brian yeah, Garris, yeah, yeah. the lead singer. Yeah. So, and that I think that really helped me like see how dedicated and how. I, I like their approach to it. I like that the singer was in, was writing like, so I think my perspective just changed on the band in general with the promotion of this album. Um, I always appreciate that when bands kind of, you know, pull the curtain back. Cause it, you know, there are people, I hate to think of this as a product, you know, cause I, as a musician, I, I like the, I want people to know what went into it and everything else. And so to see that was good and to see that he cared enough to like be in the room with it and, mm-hmm. you know, help shape it is as much as I like every time I die. I mean, so many, I don't, I don't know how many other albums, but some of them were written, you know, without Keith in the room. I yeah. Mean, just write the riffs and hand it to him. And that's even true of the Slipknot record. And to me, I can hear that shit. I can hear when, you know, the vocalist isn't attached to the music. Yeah. You know? And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But um, I don't know. I just, I, he may not have been part of everyone, but I don't know. It just, it felt, this felt like a band. It felt uh, connected. It uh, was better produced in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think the waiting and, doing all the tours they've done and everything else. I think it really shows, uh, you know, that they're kind of Kings of their Kings of their genre. I mean, I would say to me, this kind of hits in the same arena as like code orange. It's not the same style of music, but it's like young guys doing something fresh. Yeah. You know, it's like, exactly. I think code orange is, is the most apt comparison because it is, yeah. uh, like you said, it's not going to be like note for note, the same kind of music. Um, no. but it is, it is that vibe of like, where the fuck did these people come from and why are they making music yeah. that's like making me rethink this genre that I thought I knew. Yeah. And it, it, they're not really, nothing's that difficult. They're not playing anything out crazy. I mean, I hate to say anybody can do it, but I don't think anybody can do it this way. You know? I think, yeah. I think they, fa- they, they found out what they're good at and it seems like they're a band that want to get better. They're not going to be one that's going to keep releasing the same album. I hope they don't every two to three years. It seems like they want to evolve and yeah. Um, I can hear it on this album. So I fully endorse this one. Um, I, like I said, I was not a big fan before I liked them, but this is definitely, this has got me. So yeah, if it comes through, I definitely want to see them live because from all the videos I've seen, it's obviously going to be fun. So yeah, um, I, they're actually, so I, they just announced, I think a couple days ago, the, uh, the tour that they're doing for this album. And it's got, actually I mentioned CU space cowboy before, but CU space cowboy is, is on their album release. Oh, they're tour. On this tour too? Um, yeah, it's wow. like them 
Stick to Your Guns, Rotting Out, and some other band that I hadn't heard of. Uh, I apologize to them because I can't think of their name. But it was like it was a pretty stacked bill. And uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, Laugh Tracks, I think, lent itself to being seen live in a lot of ways. Um, And also, I think like, so I think part of what has always done it for me with Knocked Loose, and it definitely shows if you see them live, but I think that it comes through in the music as well, is that these are like, they are young, but these are a bunch of kids that genuinely are just enamored with like the hardcore genre and not the mm. not the mainstream, like what's popular in metalcore or whatever. I mean, they're actually into like, I mean, far, far more than I would ever consider myself being into hardcore. They, they are very much a part of that culture. And um, when you see them live, they are, I mean, they never want to play, no matter how many people are in the building, they're never trying to play a place without like, or with a barrier, you know, they want people on the stage. They are very much about, uh, you know, they're encouraging pitting and not like just like pushing each other. They're actually, when you see a Knocked Loose show, there's actually a proper mosh pit and there are people, you know, like fucking two-stepping and windmilling and like beating the shit out of each other. But it's, it's like this energy that uh, I think very few bands can capture. And as a result, I think that it comes through in the music that they record on their albums because they're, um, they're not just recording it because they think that like, it's what's going to, you know, go over well, like this breakdown is going to be super sick to play live. Obviously that's a factor, but I think it's also because they just know um, what they wanted out of this style of music. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I've always thought too, that the way they approach writing these songs are, if you listen to them, as you said, it's not super complex or anything, but, uh, I think it's more complex than, than their peers. Yes. But, f- but from a technical perspective, no, it's not complex. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. It's more, like it's not yeah, like heavy, yeah. crazy guitar solos or riffing. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, but the thing that I think always shocks me is that they're playing essentially like. Uh, like if, if anyone is familiar with the genre of slam, like slam metal, they're playing like slam yeah. metal rhythms um, and they're staying in that region of the of the guitar and like tonally that's where they're at. And, uh, you know, and uh, you mentioned that the the guitarist who does these low vocals adds so much to the band. And I think that's so true because it, it, sh- it also shows off this other section of influence that they have, which is very much rooted in like clearly death metal and just like heavy... Um, at times almost sort of like doomy sludgy type shit and it it comes through so well and they they found a way to use that not as a gimmick but as a genuine tool for what they're doing and uh you know i i follow um most of them on social media and you know this uh the lead singer has always been very open and honest about the the writing of this album and specifically the lyrics obviously and that um he he didn't want to rush any of this because he was he like had trouble at times writing these lyrics because it was all very personal and he was like you know he didn't want it to be some some half-assed attempt uh, and he really went out of his way to i think put his stamp on it and it you know you said it's great lyrically and i agree and i think that part of it is uh you know the song which is one of the singles and still i wander south is so so great because it's like at least from my perspective it uh reads as a song that's talking about him having uh you know sort of like hesitations about his life being like a kid from fucking louisville kentucky uh 
But, you know, now he's, I think he's found that after touring, being on the road, I saw this in an interview with him as well, actually, that, you know, after being away so much and, and sort of taking off in this band that now he sees Louisville in this place that he wanted to like get out of and Kentucky as somewhere that he really can feel his home. Um, and that leads me to my next point that I think one of the coolest things about this album, and, and I could be speaking completely out of my ass and feel free to correct me, anyone out there, if you feel like I'm wrong, but you're dumb, <laughs> but it, it seems, uh, that, you know, there, there's, when it comes to like hardcore and metalcore, um, you have your East coast hardcore and you have your West coast hardcore, and that has shaped the sure. genre for so long. And I think that in, in so many ways, Knocked Loose has managed to put Kentucky, of all fucking places, and the Midwest yeah, in general weird. on the map as, it's like, weird, yeah. all of a sudden now I expect heavy music to come out of there. And uh, it's akin to, I feel, like how Pantera is, like, the default, like, Texas heavy metal. Like, they did that for Texas oh, and for yeah, Southern absolutely. metal. And now um, the Midwest and Kentucky have this band in Knocked Loose to just be sort of championing them. And I think that's really great because I think that it does come through as a different sound that reflects those influences they, they've had. Um, and I don't know, that that's really cool to me. And then part of that is just being a Midwestern kid. Uh, but I think that's fucking, I think that's so cool. And they really, they just did a great job of, of letting that sort of guide their music. And, uh, you know, the two features on the album are great. Keith, as you said, is the one. The other one is someone named Emma Boster or Boster. And, I don't know what she does or where she's from, uh, but that feature she has is fucking sick. It yeah. is heavy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I just, I just can't say enough good things about this album. Um, it's, I mean, I, I feel that every song has something that makes me want to go back and listen to it, and it does make me feel a really specific kind of of energy and emotion that so little metal music makes me feel anymore um and that's that's just great oh, oh definitely uh i was gonna say a few things while you were um that you said that made me think of some other things but misguided sun has really good lyrics as well mm-hmm. uh the, la- the last track um seems very emotional too and um a lot of the instrumentation like this for an album like this and for a band like this there's a lot of peaks and valleys in this album that i didn't expect to have like there's some moments where like songs trail off or have ending that sound very much like you know something from uh follow the leader by corn or something mm-hmm. it's very um i don't want to say new metal but that just that kind of style of metal like there's just some transitional stuff that's like you wouldn't expect from a band like this you know most hardcore or even metalcore it's like you know very much like you know start stop you know cut and paste like this 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 album has peaks and valleys that i was not expecting yeah totally time especially with the instrumentation and the other thing <laughs> i didn't realize uh you know the producer will putney which obviously did this and he did every time i die and counterparts and everything else uh, i just scrolled down to the bottom because like one of, one of the what is one of the very first things he did and it was actually um he engineered or probably one of the engineers on Armor for Sleep. So what to do when you're dead? Oh, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I did not realize that at all. According to this Wikipedia, that's like the very first thing he at least was uh, accredited to. Cause the next one after that is like four years later and it's suicide silence. So. Holy shit. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that's very weird that, uh, <laughs> and I know you really like Will Putney. Yeah. So it's interesting that you didn't know that. Um, and I didn't realize he did the, uh, the reissues for poison the wells 
opposite of December and tear from the red. So there's a lot of weird, because uh, you brought up uh, opposite of December, the Dece- opposite of December for the album art for this. So it's it's just very a lot of uh, six degrees here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that Will. I mean, obviously he produces pretty much like all of the the heavy hitters in these genres now. Um, but I think that he just having that relationship with him and also the fact that he clearly has been a part of even more than I realized he'd been a part of. Um, that's like a great, that's a great person for them to guide them as, uh, as like young musicians to, to point them in the direction that they want to be and help sort of get them there. Um, and like you said, the recording is way better on this one. And he alluded to that in that video that we both mentioned, uh, that, you know, he was, on this one, he was very adamant about doing little things like letting the cymbals ring out longer or like letting there yep. be, you know, more feedback in the guitars because he wanted it to sound really raw while also being like, it's it's obviously, you know, produced album and sounds fucking studio quality, but uh, it, it has that, it doesn't sound, that it grit. It doesn't sound mechanical. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, sound, it sounds natural and that's I, I, I like that more. Yeah. Um, and so... Speaking on some specific moments from the album, um, you had mentioned the song "In the Walls," bro. That is—I'm honestly not kidding. That is like <laughs> that is probably the heaviest breakdown I may have ever heard in my life. It is catastrophic. <laughs> <laughs> I had to call the squad. <laughs> Seriously, I had to get the paddles out, fam. I was over. <laughs> Uh, I'm bad about where the moments are in this album just because every time I listen to it, it's always been like, you know, I'm on the move, like I'm in the car or I've got my headphones in at work. So like I haven't paid attention to which moments, but it's probably the one, the same one I'm thinking of. So yeah. it's uh, Yeah. I I mean, it's just like, it is, it's just absolutely crushing. Like it gave me, you know, and I'm sure that uh, anyone who's, you know, had a real connection with music, you have those moments where I, I was driving my car when it came on and like, I about had to pull over to the side of the road because I, I mean, it was just like, it just made Start me fucking windmilling on the side of the road. Jim. I mean, it, it was, was I, I was about to crowd kill the nearest pedestrian. It was like, it was absolutely just huge. And, uh, you know, like you said, there are a lot of hills and valleys and every time they, they have a really good way of, and I'm sure this is part of the production as well, that, um, every time you get sort of in this feeling of like, oh, I know where the song's going to go or like the breakdown is going to be here or this is this part's going to lead into that. They find a way to just like slightly subvert your expectations and you're like, okay, I'd like they complete any any time that I was at the risk of being like, oh, I know what's about to happen. They managed to pull you in a different direction. Um, uh-huh. And they I they never have to they never have to go too out of the, you know, out of the norm with it. But Misguided Son, I am glad that you brought that up because that shit between the low vocals and the lyrics like i know it's it's it sounds it's the, evil the fucking lows on that one and then the lyrics i'm just like Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, gotta, I gotta wipe my i gotta wipe my brow i'm sweating <laughs> yeah i gotta i need a I need a hanky for that one uh yeah it's uh it's, i mean it's great i just like i said you know not everyone is gonna love this album because obviously it is it is a part of a a specific genre and it is, I mean, it's fucking absolutely crushing from start to finish, but I just, I don't know. And, and not only do I love it so much, but I feel like the response across the board from, um, musicians that I love and bands that I love has just been so overwhelmingly positive that I, I mean, I'm sure there are other examples, but I can't think of many things with the exception of probably code orange, 
in in metal that have really just been so universally acclaimed like by everyone that i respect um yeah no i think i think it's gonna do big things for him i don't know if it'll get him to code orange level i don't think so either i think it'll get him to the code orange level in their you know in their wheelhouse Mm -hmm. but i think they'll definitely be probably have more headlining tours well yeah i don't i'm I'm not saying that knocked loose is getting uh, nominated for a grammy no Uh, that won't happen uh, (laughs) i mean it could if they if they you know change it up a bit but um no i like the i mean i would say you know based on our last pod uh i mean i like this more than the slipknot albums oh yeah i'll definitely revisit this over uh the slipknot one for sure yeah i mean i would i would go as far as to say at at a quick glance this is uh as of yet my album of the year 2019 there's still a lot of time left whoa 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 (laughs) Uh, it's, a, it's a bold proclamation but i mean it's just it's really just been start to finish amazing and it's also one of those albums that uh and, and i love this this is uh, one of my favorite things in music is that whenever you hear something that is for whatever reason it's just so intense or unique or whatever it may be that you have to show it to someone so this is an album that when i heard specific parts i immediately came home and when my roommate Grisha came home too, I was like, okay, sit down really quick. Like I'm turning this on because you have to hear this. And that's like, it takes a lot for me to actually want to sit down and and share those moments with people. And this did it. I mean, numerous times over. Uh, So, I mean, fucking please go listen to it. And on the, the more comical side of life. uh, And uh, I think that we can start to sort of bring this home is that, uh, I've heard many things about the way that he sounds as a screamer because he's, I mean, he sounds very unique. Uh, the My two favorites are that he sounds like Mickey Mouse. Uh, <laughs> and I will say his, vo- his vocals are less annoying uh, on this. Yes. Yeah. Time. I mean, yeah. he's fucking yeah. dialed it in, but I believe it was my roommate as well. Whenever I was showing him this album that he said in the most positive way possible, it sounds like a teenager throwing a tantrum. It really does. I mean, it's not too different from, at least for me, uh, straight from the path too. Yeah, it's it, it's just it's like straight from the path, but with a little more uh, a little more gusto behind it. You know what I mean? But it's oh, absolutely. But it is yes. that same a, it, wheelhouse. It doesn't sound like Rage Against the Machine either. So that's uh, true. He's not rapping, I guess, at the point. So yeah, uh, it's definitely uh, probably an acquired taste. Uh, I mean, it never really turned me off to where I wouldn't listen to him, but I feel like he's he's figured out his sound a little better on this one for sure. It's not, it's, it, I don't know. It all just, the package works versus I could pick apart laugh tracks, um, compared to this. Uh, I, I didn't really know what I didn't like about laugh tracks. I think until I heard this album. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I could, it was, it's a lot easier to see, um, some of the, the imperfections beneath the surface of laugh tracks whenever you hear what this one is. And that's, I mean, that's all a band can ask for, for a second album really is to, mm-hmm. to be able to do what they've done. And, and, you know, show what they've improved upon from the first album, make their own mark, and uh, give people a reason to be like, yeah, I've, I'm already excited for any music that this band's going to put out. So, uh, you know, fucking kudos to Knocked Loose, man. I didn't really like yeah. that. <laughs> In summation, it fucking sucked. Yeah, um, I deleted it. Yeah. It's off. It's off the internet. Uh, well, I mean, I think that's I, I think that about wraps it up. I mean, it's, you know, we don't need to, to beat a dead horse, but Really, if you're if you're a fan of metal in any capacity or hardcore or, or any of that, I mean, just go just go listen to it. Uh, you're probably already listening to it, but uh, 
uh, from what I've seen, most people already are. Yeah. I mean, as I posted, you know, daddy horny, Michael. Yeah, <laughs> that that was the perfect. I cracked up at that. I've all, I've also been thinking about that line all week now since you posted the meme. Uh, it's uh, I think it's in like the first episode of Arrested Development too. Like it's it's very early on in the yeah. show. And it's always the one that sticks with me because uh, I'm not a huge Arrested Development fan, but that fucking gets me. And I use it, uh, at least me and me and my wife use it all the time when something like yeah, that it's happens. Just, it's like, well, daddy, yeah, daddy yeah. <laughs> it's the perfect, it's the perfect line for that fucking situation. It, it is. And I like the part of the song that I cued it up to. I'm like, well, this is fucking, this yeah. Really, so, yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, so yeah, it definitely took me by surprise. Yeah, I mean, I, and I'm I'm glad to know that you ended up as as stoked about it as as I was. Um, yeah. But you know, it's it, it's August has just been giving us uh, so many things, and uh, now we can look forward to Tool. I know that this one is yeah, we're we're coming in a little bit shorter than our normal normal episode, but I think that's fine because uh, next week we've got Tool to talk about, and um, this is kind of just a, a month of albums, so. Uh, I'm excited for for the last little release of August, and then we can maybe start to cool things down a bit. It's also getting into, uh, at least for me, it seems that touring season and like going to show season is always pretty much like September through January. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, f- uh, Friday I'm seeing As Cities Burn. Oh really? Yeah, uh, I bought tickets to that. Where at? Because uh, after after I saw the that audio tree that we talked about, I was like, yeah, I gotta see it, and um, it's at. Uh, woodlands tavern. okay i think that'll be fun honestly yeah um it's the same tour that they came so it's it's still many rooms and i'll get out uh opening for them yeah but uh i think it's the second stop they actually start in kentucky but uh anyway i'm excited for that and then i think i told you before uh and a couple weeks after that i'm going to uh the starting line uh they're kind of yeah storyteller retrospective I'm I'm very eager to hear how that is because uh, I think yeah. I said that the the one comes to Texas or that that tour comes to Texas in December and so yeah. hopefully you tell me that it's as good as I'm assuming it'll be uh, because if it is then I'm well, I'm my, gonna buy tickets. I don't know who's opening yours, but my, microwave is opening the show here I, well, in Ohio. I, th- uh, I thought microwave was opening the one in Texas as well, but that may not be true. Don't hold me to that. I, I think they were picking since they're all spread out. I don't know if it's the same bands, but oh, I was going to say the uh, Acidies Burn one is actually coming to Austin too. So oh, they. Must, I wonder. I'll have to look and see where they're going because I will be. Uh, if they're going to one of the venues that doesn't suck ass, because you know what, Austin's a great music city, but there are some venues that I don't t- care about seeing a lot of bands at. But if they're coming to a good one, then I will absolutely be going. Um, yeah, it's it's on a Friday for you. I think it's actually. Uh, it's actually my wife's birthday, your sister's birthday. Don't forget. <laughs> okay, Mar- mark the mark the fucking date, man. At least, at least I'm pretty sure that's when it is. But uh, yeah, it's like they they're starting the beginning of the tour here, and they're basically ending the tour. Uh, yeah, in near, near the Bayou, dog. Uh, yeah, yeah, so uh, you should if it's good, you should go. But we'll talk about it next. Yeah, time. I'm excited to hear about that. I I'm trying to think the the ones that I've got coming up are, um, I believe I've got. Uh, sort of starting back working backwards i think i've got daughters in in december um oh, you bitch. and that, so the and actually i'll make a brief mention of this the daughters one is really interesting to me because um i saw them in february uh i believe it was february uh regardless i saw them earlier this year and i saw them at a venue in austin called barracuda which is a really really good venue downtown um and that was like you know it was, it was really packed but it's also a very like small intimate venue 
for the most part. Um, and then now this tour, they're coming back and they're playing at fucking emos, which is like, you know, 1300 capacity or yeah. some shit. Oh, and yeah. it's, it's classic, way yeah. bigger. So it's, it's like, it's very interesting to think that in that short amount of time, they were able to book that much of a bigger venue. Uh, and oh, yeah. I'm very excited for that one because I think that even though I'm, I'm inclined to not want to see them at a place that big, I also think that if anybody can rip apart emos, like it's going to be daughters. So, yeah. oh, uh, yeah. no, I'm very stoked for I, that I one. Um, and then I think I'm also to going to see, I'm trying to think what comes first, but either way, I'm going to be also seeing uh, Knocked Loose on this tour with, as I said, See Space Cowboy and Stick to Your Guns. Um, I'll be seeing that in, I believe, October. Uh, and then also in around the same time, um, I'm going to be seeing there's a Counterparts Straight from the Path tour. Uh, and those bands, they're like best friends and they're... Uh, they're always fun to see together and on uh on support for them is gray haven which um gray haven oh, is yeah. like for anyone who hasn't listened to gray haven it's another kentucky band they actually at one point some of the members of knocked loose were in gray haven for a while uh, it's a very good like southern metal very in the vein of every time i die fucking great their album empty black from 2018 was like my favorite of 2018 and uh <laughs> they're gonna be supporting them on the dates in Austin. So I'm really, really excited because they're, they fucking rip too. And yeah, I'm that's, those are the three that I know of for sure. And there are probably, probably be a lot of others filling in the gaps between here and there. Yeah. We're going to, uh, I forgot at the end of September, uh, going to, uh, DC and we're going to see, uh, Pine Grove. Again. Oh yeah. We saw them on my birth. We saw them on my birthday this year and we're going to go see them in Cleveland and we're going to go see them in DC for my wife's birthday. Um, I'll talk more about that when we get to it, but great band, great live, live band. Um, a lot of controversy with that. Band, but, uh, <laughs> well, yes, then I am excited to, to we'll, put that to the we'll, episode. We'll dive into that later, but uh, which they actually just put out a new song today, which I didn't talk about, uh, but it rips too. So, okay. Uh, check that out. But Well, uh, all right. Well, that does it. I mean, clearly, you can, you can see uh, we have a packed schedule in the coming months. There is literally never an end to the musical things that are being released and happening around us podcast can't yeah <laughs> seriously actually if we, if we make it past this i heard this on another podcast uh apparently the average is eight episodes for most uh we did it pod- podcast that that fail so uh, we, no we haven't we haven't done it yet we gotta get to nine <laughs> so, well, that's true i guess this is all the eight if, this, this is the end this is the end baby so uh <laughs> if we come back you know we may yeah it, but, uh, if, yeah if you, if you hear us this time next week then uh know that we fucking crushed it and we yeah. we outlasted that dumbass average or we or we heard the Tool album and we're just like, mm, we got nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll be the worst if Tool just completely shuts us out and we can't even do anything it anymore. Like, it yeah, it off if anymore. anybody could fucking do it, it's goddamn Maynard. It fucking Danny Carey decided to finally get done with that barbecue he'd been having for thirteen years. <laughs> Oh, I've got some opinions on that one. But we'll, uh, uh, well, okay, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode eight. As I uh, as I plugged in about a million times this episode, uh, go listen to our Spotify playlist so you can keep up with all the music we are talking about. Now, what is it again? <laughs> uh, search the Audio Files playlist on Spotify. Oh, that's okay, the one. Okay. Uh, you can also and go to the link in our Instagram bio. And if you're curious, what's your Instagram? 
Well, I'll tell you. It's at audiophilespod, all lowercase, uh, and it'll give you all the information you need to know. We recently put up a poll that we did get a few suggestions from uh, about what genre our intro music should be. And I haven't started to sort through them yet because everyone sent me fucking links instead of just like sending me the name of a song. I did. I did see that. One of them was like a yeah. YouTube link and I was like, I can't yeah. click this. Like, you want, so when we type this in, what is 2019? Yeah. I, and I don't, I don't mean to say that I don't appreciate anyone responding, but at the same time, when you hit me with a link like that, like I'll fucking sh- shelf it. That's, I'll that's get not, to it when I get to it. Yeah. Um, that's not a immediate. <laughs> but anyway, so we're, uh, we've always got some fun stuff going up like that on the Instagram. That's also the same place you can find us at Twitter. It's the the same at, and um, and that's really the most relevant social media for us. And feel free to message us. Do whatever you got to do. Um, hit us with your suggestions of things to listen to. We'll talk about them on the show. And uh, yeah, yeah. Please. Oh my God. I if we actually set up a PO box, I would wager that our our friends who do listen to the show would send us some vile shit. So probably better that we don't do that. So anyway, with all of that, guys, uh, feel free to get at us on social media. Thank you again for listening, and uh, we will see you all next week. Bye.